Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in again or for the first time to my podcast through A Rhythm Life. My name is Jackie. I am the founder and creator of A Rhythm Life. And through this podcast, I'm sharing things that come to mind and expounding on topics and ideas that are related to what work I do with clients in my coaching and consultation and guidance private practice. So as you are listening, if anything resonates with you and if anything is similar to what you are processing in your own life and what's awakening in your own life or what's potentially still a place of confusion in your own life and you would like support whether through coaching, whether consultation, or whether through guidance. And if you would like that support through me, then please follow the link and we can set up a discovery session and see if we would be a good fit to work together. So I wanted to share this thought about archetypes and the roles that we play in relationships, our intimate relationships. And first and foremost, I want to make sure that I give credit where credit is due. So what I'm going to be touching on is based off of the teachings that I have received through my coaching training, one of the coaching trainings that I uh, went through, which is through the Progressive Love Academy. Now, if you haven't heard of Progressive Love Academy, they are an organization that offers practical and spiritual guidance and support and coaching for people in various and diverse relationship structures and people who are on their journey of self-exploration and self-discovery. And so I went through one of their coaching practice or one of their coaching trainings. And so it gave me the permission and the allowance to be able to use some of the things that I've been trained in. So the training that I received was to become a feminine empowerment coach. And so what that means is it's a part of energy work. It's a part of helping people, period, even though it's called feminine empowerment coaching, but it's helping people to become more aware of energies that are at play in our relationships. And so with this particular training, it's very focused on feminine empowerment because based off of how we believe, there is a lost Something has been lost with regards to cultivating and using feminine energies and tapping into different feminine energies with skill, with precision, with intention. As a woman, a female, female born person who was born in the United States, in the generation that I was born in, 
I'll speak from my own personal experience. And I do feel like a lot of the training and the skill developing and the cultivation that I received was really helping me to cultivate my inner masculine energy. It was really helping me to learn to get out into the world, do what I got to do, produce what I got to produce. And I've got to, if I got to bust some balls to do it, then damn it, let's do it. You know, and, and that was an over-focus um, for quite a long time to the point to where we've lost this art of even understanding different feminine energies and the power that's present with feminine energy. Now I own and love my masculine energy within myself because I actually naturally have beyond what I've been trained to cultivate and operate in life through and with. I have been trained uh, beyond what I've been trained. I naturally have a lot of masculine energy. And so the training that I went through to become a feminine empowerment coach, it actually has helped me to understand and learn to practice cultivating and expressing feminine energy and seeing how powerful that is. Now, I can get into more detail about that, and I will, because this is, again, something very specific that I offer in my coaching practice. But for this particular podcast, I just wanted to lay lay a very just loose ground foundation, loose groundwork for the perspective that I'm coming from and also honoring where I've gotten my training that's helped me to start seeing things in a certain way. So with this particular podcast, I feel drawn to talking about the main archetypes that I feel we've been trained to operate in in this society, North American society, or, you know, um, quote unquote, like first world, uh, societies, you know, um, industrialized and, and moving into modernization, modernization, is that the word? Um, digital age, you know, very, very, um, contemporary. We don't hold a lot of, um, unfortunately we don't hold a lot of honoring and a lot of sacred space for our indigenous ancestral parts of who we are, you know? Um, so in coming from a society like that, from my perspective, it feels like there have been two archetypes that have been focused on a lot as far as how to show up in relationships or what we're supposed to desire in relationships. Now, um, I will be using the terms masculine and feminine and, and male and female. And when I use those, I, I want to make sure 
I am very, very clear about the fact that I am, I honor every expression of uh, every gender expression and every gender identity. I'm aiming to really target the extremes, which is masculine, feminine, you know, this, the very, uh, opposites of the pole of the pole, but just the polarities. Um, I am the kind of person that believes there's, um, many different genders, genders beyond just the two that we have been taught. And so, um, when I use that, it is not my intention to not acknowledge people who are non-binary, people who are trans, or however a person um, identifies or was naturally born. Um, it really is uh, my, my intention to really just kind of uh, work with like a general thought based off of polarities. So I hope that makes sense. Um, and I'll focus more on the, uh, the feminine expression. So from what I have been taught, I feel like the one area that was targeted as far as, uh, receiving some level of training and cultivation for me as far as connecting with some sort of feminine energy was what we call in progressive love academy is is the feminine expression called the devotee the archetype of the devotee and the devotee is that domesticated the family woman who who is the solid rock foundation of her family. She bears the children. She, she typically tends to play more of a backbone support system for uh, the head of the household, which in that family and that traditional relationship structure would be the man, the person playing the masculine, um, externally expressing the masculine energy the masculine role the devotee would be more of the expression of submission um, beyond what people think uh, you know the word submission even can be triggering for some people it's not triggering for me um, just because I I have chosen to deconstruct that word and and just kind of make sense of it beyond all of the tags and all of the triggers and all of the things just so I can get to the core essence of what the word means. And so when I'm using the word, I'm talking about a core essence of, 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 um, willingly playing the role of, of following the person who is making, um, the decisions and ultimately has a final say. Um, that doesn't mean a person playing a submissive, submitted role isn't able to share their viewpoints. Um, I would say in a more exalted expression of, uh, submission and dominance. Um, but obviously we've seen in non elevated and exalted expressions, it can be very abusive for the person playing a submissive role. So I'm not, I recognize 
that that is present, but that's not where I'm coming from when I use the word submission. Um, that doesn't seem um, a disempo- like a disempowering word for me um, when I think of it in this exalted space. So, yes, the devotee has that quality of submission. She has that quality of, of supporting. She's a supporter. She is the grounded domestic space for everyone who's in that domestic space with her and from my perspective it feels like we have been taught that in order to enter into some sort of a quote-unquote serious mature solid relationship that is supposed to quote-unquote supposed to lead toward conventional marriage traditional conventional marriage um a woman has to um have that as a well-cultivated uh Part of her life, even if or even though she has been trained directly either by family or society as it stands to co- cultivate most of her, um, the masculine energy within herself so that she can survive and make accom- accomplishments for herself and, um, and see what she herself is capable of producing and, and, and sharing and offering to the community. Somehow we're also supposed to naturally flow into this um, one singular expression of, of femininity. And that tends to be the one area of femininity that is focused on. So many of the other areas and the other archetypical expressions of the feminine energy, they're either shamed or shunned uh, misunderstood, um, or not really, um, yeah, there's just not a place for them. And I'll, I'll just briefly talk about those just so there's some context, um, based off of how I've been trained and, and just the, what I choose to believe about, uh, so far, thus far, as far as energetic expressions, um, there's like four archetypes of feminine expression. I'm sure there's quite a lot more, but I'll just talk on uh, four very dominant ones. So I talked about the devotee and um, the over-focus on if those who are born female, if we're going to receive any kind of feminine uh, training at all, it's mainly to prepare us to be devotees. And that is the ultimate, supposedly the ultimate um, and the most honorable role that I as a female born person um, can play when I'm finally ready to have a quote unquote relationship. So you have the devotee and then there is uh, the sacred whore, um, which we call the lover in progressive love Academy. And this is a, this is a, a training based off of uh, what we call gender harmonics. So if you find this interesting, just look up Progressive Love Academy and you can learn more for yourself. 
Um, also, if you find this interesting from my expression of it and me relaying this information, you want to get training. I'm sorry, not training. You want to get coaching um, or guidance or consultation in this area directly with me. Just reach out through the link. And um, so you have the sacred whore. Now, this is a role that um, is shunned often in our society. We're not encouraged to cultivate our inner sacred whore because so much of what we see of that in our society is our society not making space for the sacredness of sexuality, for one thing. And so therefore, we don't even have context to... We don't have context of what that would look like to actually create legitimate and valid space for sacred sexuality, period, in our society, let alone honoring when a person, period, regardless of gender, um, may be naturally drawn to providing sacred sexual healing space for others. Now, again, I'm talking about that in um, its most exalted expression. Um, You know, maybe another podcast can be about like shadow expressions of these, right? So the sacred whore, which we call the lover, and then the inner conservationist is like the inner priestess. She's the, she knows her magic. She knows that yeah, she's like the prayer warrior, like in traditional, just to add like a very conventional, traditional context for what I'm saying. She is like the prayer warrior. She is the person that, you know, when she starts praying to Jesus, when she starts praying to God, some stuff happens, period. Like her words and her connection to The intangible world is so insanely strong that stuff happens, period. She is the prayer warrior. She's the inner witch. She's the inner priestess. She is the, she's the one that knows her power to do inner work. And in its exalted form, inner work on her own behalf. And therefore it ends up being on the behalf of others as well it has this positive effect now clearly we can you know i'm sure people have their own examples or their own trainings or their own programming of um you know people who are are priestesses and witches and wiccans and you know things like that there's a lot of um shaming that happens with uh people who are who are drawn to cultivating that skill in themselves and, and being um, shamanistic in some sort of way outside of the religious structure. You know, if they're a prophetess or a prayer warrior, intercessory prayer warrior, then it's accepted. Um, but if that energy is expressed outside of a conventionally accepted religious um, organization, then it's uh, looked at as scary a lot of times. Um, so I'll just leave it at that for now, as far as that expression, we call that the inner conservationist, because there is an element of pulling out, um, of my energy 
I'm not, I'm pulling my energy back in and I'm very internal. I don't mind being within the darkness. I don't mind being in the shadows. I don't mind being in my prayer closet. I don't mind being in a space where I create rituals. I don't mind being in that space where a lot of people spend a lifetime trying to run away from their, their, their inner, the inner parts of who they are, because it can be scary. It's very Scorpio. It feels like in essence, um, you know, there's this, um, yeah, it's, it's, it would be, I have to do more research on this because I don't like even saying this without having direct information about this. But when I was in graduate school and I was studying somatic psychology and dance movement therapy, and we were understanding just energy that is just naturally at play through nonverbal, um, interactions. And most of our communication is nonverbal. Um, someone mentioned about in some native American, native American tribes, they had very specific roles, um, for certain people to play. And it just didn't matter. It didn't matter like what, um, gender, I guess that you were born into what biological, um, it didn't matter if you were male or female. Like if you had a gift, you had a gift. So, um, even though it's conservationist and it's considered a feminine expression, it's present in all of us. Um, so the conservationist, uh, expression in some of these tribes would be someone who's called to doing dream work. They tend to enter the dream world and they do spiritual warfare. They do spiritual work on the behalf of those within their tribe and their community. That's a really, um, really beautiful example of like a conservationist. They have a lot of time inward and alone and kind of separate so they can conserve their energy and direct it exactly where they need to be and you see things happening in the external world as a result of that so there's the conservationist before that we had the lover before that we had the main character which I'm talking about and as the one archetype the one feminine archetype that we're trained as female born people in this society in societies like ours to function in uh, which is the devotee. And then you now have the visionary. The visionary is, it feels very connected to the conservationist in that it is, it can, it just has ideas. You know, it's, it can, it's that womb space, W-O-M-B, the womb space to cultivate what can eventually be birthed into the 3D tangible world. But I can come up with the idea first, the idea of creating a book, the idea of creating some new product, the idea of, of creating a new business. Now, this is not exclusive to those born female. This is energy that's available to all of us, but I'm talking about it and it's very traditional, um, you know, the way it's, uh, the way we categorize it as, um, feminine energy, whether it's whoever is expressing it, that a lot of this stuff can be very natural in people who were, um, not born, um, exclusively female biologically. Um, even though it's considered like feminine energy because it's very internal. A lot of this stuff is still very internal. And so, so I'll just, yeah, a little bit, that's, that's, I think I gave a, a, enough of a synopsis about the, um, about the visionary. So those would be like, uh, those four dominant 
expressions of feminine energy. And so I feel like growing up, I was trained to eventually be prepared to ultimately play a devotee role. And for one, it feels in such striking contrast to what I was directly trained to function as, which is, first of all, I was trained to be very masculine. And I also naturally have a lot of masculine energy. And um, I know that there are a lot of uh, people who identify as women um, and those who are born uh, female biologically and still function in that way um, in their adult lives. So many of us share that same story that we have been trained in our specific society to cultivate a lot of our masculine energy. We're cultivated to directly interact in the tangible world and externally produce things, period. And so this internal cultivation and all these different elements of internal skills um, that clearly show up in incredible ways in our 3D external world. Um, They don't get a lot of attention and or they're not looked at enough as equally as powerful and equally as important, but just a different function. And so there's not a whole lot of sacred space provided for that cultivation and honoring when a person is playing that role and they are supported by their community as they're playing those roles and then providing for the community um, through the roles that they're playing other than that devotee. And um, in the traditional sense, as it shows up in a very conventional, traditional wife kind of um, role, And I just, uh, you know, I just wanted to put that out and just create some sort of uh, uh, thought, plant some seeds and see what starts to percolate even within you as you are listening. Um, What has come up for you, even just with listening with this much, you know, I could expound on this a little bit. In, um, well, I will be expounding on this a lot more in, in uh, future podcasts, but um, just for now, just calling attention to the fact that feminine expression is not just one expression. And there can be such a huge conflict and uh, inner conflict when a person like me who identifies as female I was born biologically female um, born into this society in this day and age and born very specifically uh, or, or trained very specifically whether it was known or unknown to, to cultivate my inner masculine energy a lot But yet I'm supposed to naturally and with ease play this one role that um, 
is looked at as pretty much the whole picture of feminine expression and, and feminine role-playing when there really are many other feminine roles to play. And what does that, what comes up for you as you are listening? If you wanted to just even reach out and share a thought, then feel free to do that. If you follow the link, you'll get information for actually directly um, contacting me. Uh, And I would love to hear your thoughts. If anything stirred up within you and you feel that maybe I can be of support, then again, follow the link and set up a discovery session with me and we can get something, we can get something going. So I'll leave it at that for now. And I'm curious what came up for you. And I'm excited about what will continue to come up moving forward with um, this topic through this podcast. So again, this is Jackie, your founder and creator of A Rhythm Life, coaching, consultation, and guidance. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time.